Welcome to the JK Sports Podcast. I am Juan. And I am Kyle. And we are back from a little sabbatical we had. But, um, a little sabbatical. And we're ready to, to talk it up. But we're back in nature tonight. Weather's nice. You know? It is. We can be outside. It's not super muggy. I feel like we usually do a December podcast outside. Yeah. The Florida Florida winters. That's right. That's right. It's not abnormal for us, so hopefully you can hear the crickets in the background. Can't hear the birds. No. Maybe some traffic. You might know. be able to hear some sirens or anything if there's Yeah, but that's all part issues. of the experience. All part of the experience, honey. Yeah. Honey. It's come on. It, we're all we're all friends here. <laughs> it's a Christmas vacation. It's Christmas movie time. You know, it's that time of year. I actually was watching Christmas Vacation last night. Is it not amazing? It is. What is the best Christmas movie? I mean, I can't... That one, right now, I'm going to say that, right? But, I mean, you got Home Alone. Are you Home Alone 1 or 2, though? 1, all the way. Really? 2 is fine. I mean, I, I... would watch it but yeah one it's not even close yeah you got the creepy pigeon lady yeah it's a little weird you know that um you can rent the house now or you can go to the home alone house now i saw that and is it really in chicago i guess so yeah yeah pretty cool house yeah all right maybe we should do a pod trip up to chicago to go see a cubs game and rent the house and stay in it and do a pod in the Home Alone house in December around Christmas time. With the Home Alone Walkman and Walkman Obviously. that he had. We've got to get Buzz to do the pod with us, though. Yeah. That would be awesome. How old do you think Buzz is right now? 40s? At least, right? Maybe 50s? I would say. I mean, how old was he in the movie? He's probably 20, right? Uh, he could have been 16. In his, in no. He's older, right? I don't know. I'll, I'll do some recon. I'll, I'll he do was some probably I'm go 15, 16. Uh, so you're going late 40s. I'm going to go early 50s? Yeah. I mean, Macaulay Culkin is in his 40s right now, I think. Is he really? If He's not, in his 40s? if not, he has to be like 38, 39. Oh my God, that's depressing. Um, so yeah, Macaulay Culkin's 41 years old. Yeah. Oh my God, that is bizarre. You know he was with uh, Mila Kunis for like eight years. He was. That's super bizarre to me. Mila Kunis I, is. Um, she was really young when, like, I mean, she, yeah, her and Ashton were really young. Well, wasn't so, that 70s show? I mean, she was, like... 17, she, 18? She was, yeah, super young. Um, or maybe younger. Um, I found out how old Buzz is. How old? 44. 44, that's it? Devin Rattray? Yeah. Is that his last name? Devin Rattray. Rattray. That's a terrible Rat last Trap. name. Rattray. Rattray. Oof. The son of Anne and Peter. He has not aged well. Sorry, Devin. I don't mean that as a slight, but... They made a Home Alone 4. What? Is it a... 
movie? I mean, did anybody see Home Alone 3? <laughs> no, I, I didn't even know there was You know what an underrated Christmas movie is? Is Bad Santa. That's that is a, a good movie. That's a top two. Christmas Vacation yeah. and Bad Santa. Bad Santa, if it was just me watching it, like with a drink, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Christmas Vacation's great for, you know, any crowd. It doesn't matter who's there. You throw that on, everybody's enjoying it. Yeah, I'll watch that multiple times during the, the right. holiday season. That's right. Um, Elf. Elf is great. Elf is a good one. Yeah, Elf is great. Elf is one that I can watch with my kids now, so that's awesome. I love Will Ferrell. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm a big fan. Big fan. It's it's a good season, man. It's a good holiday season. It's good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad, but you know what the best part of holiday season is? What? It's coaching carousel time, Juan. Oh, yeah. Big coaching carousels. There has been a lot going on in yeah. college football. And we've, since our sabbatical, there's been a lot going on at the University of Florida. Yeah. Yeah, so we've, I think we last talked in the Georgia game, right? Before I think so. The, before yeah, the Georgia game. Yeah, it's been that game. long. That's right. Um, since then, Dan Mullen's been fired. Got a new coach, Billy Napier, which what we can talk about here in a second. But I mean, you got Lincoln Riley going to USC. You got Brian Kelly going to um, LSU. Those are really the two big splashes. Mario Cristobal left Oregon to go to Miami. Mario to Miami. You've got uh, the guy from Clemson, uh, the DC going Brett to Venables. Oklahoma. Venables, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's let's back up a little bit because a lot of moving parts, and let's work our way toward where we are now. So let's start with this basic question. Do you think Mullen should have been fired? Yes. Yes. I think, um, I mean, the team quit on him after the South Carolina game, Missouri game. I, I don't... He looked checked out, right? Um, I go back to his first year or second year. I think it was the first year when they lost to Missouri. And he goes to the press conference is talking about, I'm going to beat, I'm going to kick somebody's ass, you know, in thumb wrestling. You want to go do this? You know, you're going to run stadiums. I'm going to beat you. Right. All, all this stuff. And, and you know, um, that was good. I want to see that fire. Right. This year... And and looking back on it, I guess it all started with the shoe toss. Yeah. Against LSU. Yeah. Right. Like he kind of defended um, Marco Wilson for that. Kind of really didn't even care that they lost the game. Was just like, hey, we're going to the SEC championship game. So to to clarify for the listeners, yeah. this was in 2020. 2020. Yeah. This was last year. We had beaten Georgia. We had a condensed scheduled season. Mm-hmm. Um, we were rolling. The Gators were rolling, looking great. You had a Heisman. You had a Heisman favorite. Favorite. Yep. There and it, I mean, it just kind of seemed like he didn't care that much about it. And, and he played there. And then the bowl game, whatever bowl games are, are bowl games. But they just. It was bad. Horrible, they, right? they got, yeah, exposed. They made Spencer time. Rattler look like a preseason Heisman favorite, and he got benched in, like, the third game of the season. Exactly. That's right. Right? So, 
and, and then the defense, although the defense played horrible against Sanford, they did play better against Missouri, you know, and, and started picking it up um, some. And I was really, really encouraged by that. But um, the offense just looked horrible. So you know, the one thing that yeah. that he's good at, it just looked different. And it, it just seemed all the things that we had talked about, it just, you know, playing older players. He wasn't playing Richardson. Um, you know, if he's not playing his best QB, what other positions is he stashing? Right. Um, I don't know. He, he just looked checked out. Yeah. It Totally. And it, it, it was a very – we've always talked about the inconsistencies throughout the year. And it really, when in hindsight, you look back, you know, we were blaming a lot on Grantham. And I think it was because we wanted Mullen to work out. Yeah. Like, in hindsight. Now, am I saying Grantham was a good DC? No. But he went on a stretch from, like, really after the first quarter of the Alabama game, you know, the, the rest of the game, the defense dominated Alabama dominated Tennessee, which actually looks like a great win now, looking back on it. Tennessee looks like a fantastic win. The defense played great against Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky scored 20 points, but seven of those were from a blocked field goal. They shut out Vanderbilt, and then it just, the wheels completely fell off. Really, it was the Kentucky game for me that the season fell apart. Um, I mean, they beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's terrible. But to lose, to give up 49 points to LSU, they got boat raced by Georgia, and then the South Carolina game. I mean, the Sanford game is one thing. Like, that's just inexcusable, right? But at least, you know, you've got coaches missing, the team's in disarray at that point, whatever. The South Carolina game, losing 40-17, to 17, yeah. when you think back on that, I, I mean, that is just bizarre to me like as the coach of the Gators at the University of Florida you know you can lose a game here and there that's might be like what the hell just happened you're going to get away with it but you can't lose to Kentucky you can't lose to a terrible LSU team and then go to South Carolina and just get boat raced and that to me it's very clear like yeah, it was, it truly was time. And I think more than anything, and we'll, we're going to talk a lot about this when we get into Napier, I'm sure, but when you look at how he left the team, the state of the, quote-unquote, state of the economy, state of the team, the recruits he had, the guys in the pipeline, like, it's awful. It is garbage. There, Nothing was trending up, right? Like, right. you know... I couldn't say, oh, no, let's keep him to the point of Mike White, right? That people were like, oh, right. let's fire Mike White. But you're like, no, do you know his recruiting class that he has the next year? It's, like, amazing, right? He's got right. all these great people that are coming in. That wasn't the case for Mullen. Like, no. he wasn't going to sign a top five class. He didn't right. have anything there. The only thing you could say is, all right, maybe the Gator, after Georgia, you're like, all right, maybe they'll go eight and four. Right, they'll win the rest of the games and win a bowl game, and, and that'll be fine. Right, but the team got worse. I was listening a lot to his press conferences, and he was even puzzled. He's like, "It's it wasn't just one thing that was bad. It's not like, well, the defense is horrible. We need a new DC. That's got to be it, right? 
Right. Um, the offensive line is horrible. We gotta get, you know, there. It's just inca- the the kicking team, right? Like we got people missing extra points, like horrible kicks. Um, the punters are shanking yeah. balls. Like every yeah. everything just seemed off. 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 Right? Yeah. And there was no consistency everywhere. And, and no. I I don't listen to a lot of press conferences now these days as I used to. Um, but there was one press conference that he was like, I, after Seth going, he goes, yeah, I don't understand. He even said he didn't understand. He goes, we practice great. He goes, going up to the South Carolina game, and then we just laid an egg. He goes, I've never had that happen. He goes, I've never had a team that practiced well during the week and then just didn't show up on Saturday. Usually it's the opposite. Right. Um, Right. You, know, some, you, you, you get might have gamers. That. You get gamers, yeah. or you can say, "Well, we didn't practice well during the week, so this is what happens." Yeah. You know, and that. But he was he was saying the opposite. He's like, "We're gonna have to go evaluate, evaluate." And those things, I guess, at the end of the day, the things that happen with Mullen don't happen. It's a culmination of many small things over time. Yeah, that's right. Um, for, for the bottom to fall out as, as it basically did, right? Um, so what you what you sow you'll reap, and I, I guess that was that was basically it. Well, I think any organization, it doesn't matter what it is, and you know we try to draw parallels to our lives and you know people that we know and the normal folk or casual yeah. fan, right? I mean, any organization that you're running when stuff just starts happening and you can't explain it and it's super inconsistent like that's a sign of a leader right like yeah. you got to be able to you know bring in the reins you got to right the ship and he could not do that it was you know it was the defense and yeah we got rid of grantham and that is you know we've had o-line issues but this year to your point i mean special teams uber erratic all year which is just that to me, I, I can't, that drives me insane because special teams is uber easy to get right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and then you have the offensive issues, you have um, yeah, obviously the whole quarterback thing. It's just, it was a mess. He was, he was not the guy, right? And, yeah. you know, and we've, we've talked about, we talked about it through text or in person, you know, there was a massive doubt that Dan Mullen was the guy from the very beginning. Yeah. Th- there was. And, it proved to be correct that our doubts are right. Now, granted, I will say I was definitely on the Mullen train after a while. Like, he proved he could do great things, but it was really more like, all right, you get the right players, and, you know, you could the offense can hum, and you can win some games and look good. But you think about last year was their best year. Well, and they ended up eight and four. Okay, yeah, it was their by far their best year. All right, what we do? We we really didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, we had Alabama on the ropes in the SEC championship game, but we didn't win. Like we didn't win. It, it doesn't matter. And you lose to LSU, and you you lose. You get drilled in the bowl game. It just. I don't know, and I do think the UF head football coach position is a brutal job. I don't think there's any denying it. I think it takes a special person and a special 
mindset to be able to handle that. The last three guys that we've had are not the guys to do that. Well, you know, if you think about, and this may be more about UF, if you think about go to urban, right? Um, all the coaches have flamed out. And you can even say that same thing about urban. Yeah. Right. His last year, I mean, oh, it absolutely. Was, I think it ended up being eight and four or something. Yeah. Right. But it was it was not good it, at we, all. They, it, we played Cincinnati in the Sugar Bowl. I, I, I will never forget the game. We went to it. Was, um, no, the year after when he came back in 2010 with Brantley. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, that but was yes. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, that was Tebow's last year. But, but even after 2009, Urban was like, I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It just, it burns people out. I mean, it's super intense 24-7. I, and I get it. I, I'm not saying it's an easy job. I'm not saying... But <laughs> the, the coaches take the job. You don't take this without the expectation of it's going to be uber intense, right? Dan like, Mullen was hyping the expectations. I mean, he he, he he's been it, right? here. He, 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 he coached at UF as an assistant. Like, right. he knows... What goes yeah. into it? The first, the first things he said when he got it, he goes, "We're this the Gator standard is winning national championships, right?" Like he exactly. came in and said, "We're not here to go to the SEC, you know, championship game and win our our division. We're here to win national championships, yes, and and win the conference, right?" So when he's saying it's okay to lose to LSU or hey, you know what, things happen, we'll evaluate in that. No, like. Right. You set the standing. You told us it's not okay to just be lackluster, like, you know, mediocre. Correct. Correct. And when we are, now you're telling us to calm down. Right. right. So a, a lot of that, I have to say, is on him. It is. For, for for expecting that. But I guess if you look at Urban, his highs were really high. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the, that last year, I mean, the 09 year had a great year. You know, they lost one game. But that was a struggle that whole season. 2010... Uh was also um, just, you could tell he was checked out left, right? Yeah, but that's, uh, all right. So if you go in, I mean, now we're going back, you know, over a decade and I get it. But I mean, you had just had arguably the greatest college football player of all time. And and, I mean, it's non-debatable. He's a top, Tebow's a top, what, three? Even even people who hate him, he's top five, right? So leading your team for three and a half years, whatever. He was still a leader even as a freshman. But my point is, is okay, so you lose that and you bring on somebody who's not Tebow, right? I mean, that's going to be difficult no matter what, no matter who you are. The 10-1 season with Tebow, I mean, you lose to Alabama. Everybody's gunning for you. I mean, you just, when you build up to that level in that, you, you are the elite, you are the team in the country. Everybody's giving you their best constantly the media the fans expect the best out of you constantly like that's gonna wear on you the fact that Saban does what he does is unreal to me I I just it doesn't even make sense so so we'll take Urban out of the way you go to Muschamp um 2012 great year made it to the Sugar Bowl right they got killed in the Sugar Bowl 
but but had a what two loss season basically because they had only lost to georgia that year and then they could have gone to the bcs national championship that year they're pretty close right right um 13 horrible year for you know it was just so inconsistent you have a four and eight season yeah (laughs) after that right that so then you get mcelwain you get 2015 first year mcelwain you're like we are humming right will greer taking down ole miss top five team in the country who just be in alabama and that okay you lose your quarterback then you kind of go and then just things then you have another in the in this three-year span you have another four year four one season right right so then mullen comes in and boom right you win 10 games you go to a new year six bowl two years in a row right so you're like okay let's get something 2020 comes and you are humming the offense is awesome defense is was rough but you still had a chance to do a lot of great things right in that um it's just inconsistent right all the coaches have had some highs and good things that you you believe in them but then all of a sudden it just falls out there's no consistency anywhere in that and so that's what i'm looking forward to in the next coach yes right can and, and scott strickland said it when he was um hiring and looking for a coach that he wanted somebody who could bring consistency um to a program okay so let's transition yeah 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 to napier because that's that's a perfect transition so scott strickland ad at uf says all right napier's our guy and that's non-debatable from the very beginning Mm -hmm. right i mean it's by all accounts by people who are inside you know you know big boosters media etc etc it's been napier all along Mm -hmm. i mean right now maybe that's not maybe he has touch base with other people whatever i have a massive issue with how this went down and it it infuriates me because i want to be very clear and on record that i'm not saying Napier's not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. He, he very well could work out. And I really, really hope he does. I hope he's incredible. I have a massive issue with how we went about doing this because he was the one guy that we went after all along. We knew there was going to be this massive upheaval in college football. Now, granted, we may not have known Lincoln Riley was going to leave, that Brian Kelly was going to leave, right. all of that. But... How do you not, you're the University of freaking Florida. You go to anybody and everybody you want and say, we want you. That's what LSU did. LSU went to Brian Kelly and said, we're going to give you a deal. We're going to make you tell us no. And guess what? He's down in freaking Baton Rouge speaking Cajun now (laughs) as a Massachusetts guy. Like an idiot. But you know what? He's bought in. I don't care. Does he look dumb? Yeah, he looks dumb. But you know what LSU did? They put all their chips in and they said, that's our guy, we're going after him. I think UF's approach was uber conservative and uber, we're gonna play it safe because he's the hot guy that most programs want, right? He's He's been with Dabo, he's been with Saban. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been on those squads, he's the guy. He won at Louisiana. I don't care. Like, who cares? So, McElwain went to Colorado State, right? Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter. And so, he's this great recruiter, right? Okay. 
awesome. He's this awesome recruiter. Has Alabama's recruiting class dropped off since he left? They seem to be doing okay. Like apparently he was their top recruiter at Alabama, right? That was I mean, how many years has it been? Five years? How many national championships has Alabama won? Now look at their recruiting classes. Like he leaves and they just fill his spot. So I was he that good? I mean, maybe he is. I'm not saying he's not, but like why don't we go to these bigger names? Let's go to the pros, right? And tell people, we're going to give you $9 million a year to be the head guy. Tell me no. We're going to go to, I'm not saying I want Brian Kelly. Yeah. And I'm not even saying I want Lincoln Riley. But why, like USC, freaking, here you go, man. Here, What do you want? You want the private plane? You want the money? Let's go. So it kind of goes into... Is UF that big of a job compared to the USC's and um, LSU's and that, right? Um, I think it is a big job. And, and once you get to that, who you know, it's, it's a preference and everything. But I think everybody would agree Florida is a great location, great school, has a winning tradition, not a long winning tradition as some of those powerhouses, right? Like a, like a USC or something. But you know that you're in a great great locations you're going to have great facilities um and you have access to the best recruits in the entire country correct the i think uf does not have the boosters that are willing to spend in the administration are i'm not going to say never but have shown they're not going to pay 100 million dollars for a coach right I mean, USC got their guy because they said, here's all the money in the world that you want, right? Take it. And and, and when you throw that money, they're going to say, okay, this looks a lot better, right? UF would probably say, do you want this? Yes, I do. Do you want it for $7 million or $8 million, right? They're going to say, eh, you know, I could probably make that much this or that. That's where I think it's different. Right. Those other people, those other schools, the LSU's and the USC's, they forked. I mean, they're paying their coaches a hundred million dollars. We're nowhere near that. So, yeah, million. So I don't think the boosters are willing to spend that amount for it to go all in. I I would say to that USC is more of a lifestyle. Right. I mean, it's that is a big money i mean it's the mecca of entertainment Mm -hmm. that's a lifestyle program more than anything um in our lifetime there were a couple years during pete carroll's reign where they were uh, reggie bush was the best college football player i ever watched yeah outside of tebow i mean he he was just unreal he and liner carson palmer oh i remember liner i I was like Man, this guy is so cool. Like he's a left, he, just yeah. like this lefty. He's in California, yeah. just like laid back. He could do. He, as a college kid, he owned California. It seemed like yes. lo, like Los Angeles. Yes. Um, yeah. And so did Reggie Bush and and, and them. USC is kind of a Miami program where it's more of a lifestyle than the actual program. Yeah. All right. Right. So I mean, it's it's a little. I don't feel like that's a fair comp to UF. I feel like UF's a very 
comparable program to LSU. I think those two are extremely, because listen, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for those who haven't been, is terrible. Yeah. It sucks. It's not a great place. I'm sorry, Louisiana. The people there, <laughs> I love you. People, anybody I know from Louisiana are great. Um, but it's just not a great place to live. It's just not. Um, it's not a lifestyle place. Like, it's a football place. Gainesville is a football place. Um, I but, but it's also other sports like that they care. They, they, Jer- and blame Jeremy Foley, right? For after Spurrier, they're like, we're the everything school now, right? We're, we're, we win basketball national championships. We win baseball. They have yeah. won more national championships in every sport. I think almost every sport has won pretty much a national championship. Yeah, I think it's them in UCLA, right? Uh, yeah, so, you know, they are. They're not going to be, although football is king, they're not going to be all sold out and saying, if we don't do this and if we don't spend the $100 million, we're not going to, you know, have a school. Nobody's going to remember us. Well, so so they can go a little bit, you know, they're not going to go all out to that. And to the NFL thing, right, I think you don't go after NFL guy, especially with the new recruiting that you have early signing day in December. And then in February, right? If you go after some of the NFL, you can't talk to them until like January, middle of January, because the season is a lot longer. Okay, right? so let's talk about that though, because with what's happened in the past two, three weeks, however long it's been <laughs> since the Napier signing, excuse the dog bark, by the way, um, there have been lost uh, commits, right? Yep. Um, we're down to a total of seven commits. I feel like we're, we're the 77th ranked recruiting class in the entire country. Now, again, I, this is, to be very clear, this is not Napier's fault. This is, that has nothing to do with him. But the point is, do you think waiting a couple more weeks would have impacted this in a worse way than where the UF program actually is. Like to me, I'd rather get a bigger name, somebody who says, you know what? I coached in the pros. I know what it takes to get you there. And who has maybe had experience in college or who has ties to Florida or whatever. There are other opportunities out there. And see, I disagree, right? Because I, I do think it could get worse because Right now, not only are you trying to find recruits, right? You're trying to find a staff and see how everything else plays out and everybody get people, right? So you're saying now you wait wait another month. So you're two months out. You don't have a coach. So are recruits going to go to your interim coaches and say, yeah, you're going to have them recruit who are fired already and have no idea if – the next coach is going to hire them or not how do you even sell a school that way right like we love uf and everything but it's i mean with the with the times are this way kids are going there for relationships and to go play for a coach and and so forth right sure could they have um everything yes but i mean so you're saying in january you've got National Sign Day is usually like right around the Super Bowl weekend. The NFL would end one 
January 4th, I think, or, you know, somewhere, right, somewhere right, around so, there. Right. So you've got a month to hire staff. Right. Right. Um, go find recruits mm-hmm. and in one month convince them of your pedigree in the NFL. I don't care who you are, unless it's Bill Belichick. Even if it is Bill Belichick, I don't think players are going to go and say, yep, I know him, you know, and your your 18-year-old kids are saying, sure, um, I I just met you and I'll go with you. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's, yeah, that's definitely a fair point. I do think the early signing stuff is kind of a load of crap, personally. I think you wait until after the season's done at least – uh, to start it, but that's a separate argument for a different yeah. day. So I, I guess so, I'm just saying the pro. I'm <clears throat> arguing against. No, you can't with with the current structure, mm-hmm. right? You you can't go pro, right? You well, got you got to get somebody in but, quickly. You can get assistance, right? Yeah. But you can't go head coach your main person and put that on somebody for one month, like. It, yeah, but oh, I mean, okay, so they're a month behind at this point, right? They'd be a month behind. They'd be two months behind no, at that point. No, they, they'd be... Because, I mean, right now, people are just getting hired. They'd be a little over a month. It'd, it'd be a couple of weeks. But then what assistance can you get? Because at that point... A pro coach is going to have no issues finding assistance. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, huh? I, I don't know. I, I think they are able to hire a staff. I mean, assistant coaches don't have the same contracts in place as head coaches. So they can go coach people, get people. Look, if we only have seven people in our freaking class anyway, it's not going to change that much between now and January 5th or whatever. Like, it's kind of a lost season anyway for recruits. And that's okay. Like, you know that's going to happen. So I'll I'll counter with this with the transfer portal. Because of all these coaching changes, the transfer portal is – Yep. Insane and crazy. And I was going to go there, too. Right. You get the transfers. That's right. But the transfer portal, if we want to talk about sustained success, Dan Mullen was great at transfer portals. Yep. Right? Um, he's got a lot of good players. But that is not something to help you. That helps you win some games For here sure. there, right? But that doesn't help you build, build the program. The, build, the, build the program and, and have it there. It, so, it's, a, it's a gap filler. It's a stopgap. Yeah. Like, th- this is the season where Napier needs to just, as many transfers as he can get, you go get them. I would, you, I would you, say no. I'd say you go build the program, build the people that you want. And from, from this point on, you're recruiting to fill the class of who you can get, right? doesn't matter if it's the 100th class or whatever, right? right. You are recruiting for net your second year as a head coach second year but how many of the players that you're recruiting now are going to be impactful players the second year you're not but i'm saying that you're building for your second year correct and you're getting those players that come in as freshmen and are impactful right for year two or three and and i'll go to an article that i read right and you read the same thing right right so we look at stats and everything the last since 2005, right, mm-hmm. or even before that, SEC coaches who won the, the championship, mm-hmm. all of them won it in three years. Correct. Right? And the people who didn't win in three years, right, there's only two coaches who won in third year. It was either first or second year for most all of them. Right. The people who didn't win in three years was Nick Saban mm-hmm. and Ed Orgeron. 
Right. Right. Ed Orgeron's gone. <laughs> but you know, you've got Gus Malzahn, um, Kirby, Kirby. Uh, who else do we have? Um, the coach for Auburn before that. Chizik. Chizik. Yep. Um, a lot of other people, right? There's been only two coaches in 1997, Philip Fulmer. He was the only one. Urban. That one, right? One. Urban. Yeah. Um, and that. So you gotta you gotta start off hot. Right. Right. You gotta start off hot, and it's gonna be in the first three years. Yep. And he made very good, compelling cases of if they're not winning the SEC championships in year three, you might as well fire him. Fire him or no, it, it, you know you're not going to compete for that. So if you want to keep them, it, it's for something else. And the recruiting, it's always year two. Correct. All those coaches had significant classes the year two that set the program up for success. But yes, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. But I, I guess if clearly that is the proven way to get it done is, you know, year two is really when you make the impact. So why... I feel like that's even more of an argument for transfers because most of those coaches didn't have the transfer option that coaches have now. Now it's available. It's a thing. Players transfer all the time. Let's get as many players in that are ready to play and ready to start that we can now and then build the recruiting class for the future. I think if you're Napier, like you don't have time to build a recruiting class. Most recruits are going to take minimum two years to be impactful. Minimum. And that's best case scenario. I, I would say hold on on the Napier thing for this year's class being dreadful. Number one, he was recruiting at Louisiana Lafayette and had connections with a lot of good people. Right? Uh, yeah. And, oh, and, oh and, my God. But this, this, this drives me crazy. Though. They were great for Louisiana. No, no, no. Uh, he was recruiting five-star people, right? They weren't going there because they're like, I'm not going to Louisiana and Lafayette. He has relationships with a ton of people, right? So if I you know. want to talk about one of the guys, right, the quarterback of this class, Nick Ewers, whatever, right, that was committed to Mullen. Right. He decommitted, another four-star decommitted. Right. Do you know that the first offer that a five-star recruit got, Walker Howard, that is committed to LSU, right? The first offer he ever got was from Billy Napier at Louisiana Lafayette. But he said no. Right? Of course, because he's going to say no to Louisiana Lafayette. That doesn't mean he's not going to say no to him at Florida now, right? If you like a coach like that, and these kids now want loyalty, right? in a sense, right? And one of these, he's got really... It's not like he doesn't have relationships with recruits already, and it's not like he didn't have relationships with five stars and wasn't trying to recruit them. Yeah. Now he's got the logo of the University of Florida and say, hey, remember when I found you um, like, and offered you early on, right, because I thought you were great? I knew I probably wasn't going to have a chance yeah. with you, but now you probably want to play here. right? And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those recruits – start it might be too late but i think a couple of them could easily yeah flip. and especially now with his staff that he's building no you know, no doubt the, the, the staff had were recruiting plenty of people from college right to other universities that were five stars too 
right? I mean, his new yeah. his new um, quarterbacks coach for from LSU, right? Had was it seven SEC? Um, yeah. For all team. Yeah. Right. P- people cornerbacks. The DVs from LSU. Yeah, Corey Raymond is his name. Okay, you're telling me he. All those guys were four or five stars. You're telling me he doesn't have relations with people right now, and they said, "Oh, by the way, I have a new coach in Brian Kelly." And like Brian Kelly, I don't know him. I know you. You're at right. UF. That's just as good school as LSU. Let me go with you. Right. No. And and kids are de and with the coaching changes, kids are decommitting from Oregon, from LSU, Oklahoma, all these other things. So it's there for the taking. With it, so I would say let's let's pump the brakes on the December class because I agree. Be, be, I, I'm with you on that, and, and to be clear, to yeah. to back up too, Napier did not create this December class mess either. And at the end yeah. of the day, I don't care what Napier gets in this class because Dan Mullen wasn't worth saving for this class. Yeah. No. Right? So if he wants to get rid of every single commit that Dan Mullen had, good for him because clearly it wasn't working out. Right? Emory Jones was – why did – back to the relationships. Emory Jones came to – he was going to go to Ohio State, right? Because Dan was the first offer he got, him and Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, first offered him – at Mississippi State. He goes, yeah, great, but you're Mississippi State, right? I, I'm not right. sure if I want to go there. Right. I'll go to Ohio State. Dan gets a UF job, and he's like, UF, Ohio State, which one? I know this coach. He was the first one who saw saw something in me, so I'm obviously going to be – I know him well. They've got my best intentions. Right. Heart, and what happened? He flipped, and we all thought that was a great thing. We Yeah, we <laughs> thought. Know? In that. So – there's a ton of co- a ton of kids like that that I think are out there for the taking. Um, yeah, I I definitely think he's gonna bring people over. I th- I think the recruiting class is gonna improve drastically. I don't. It, absolutely. Are we gonna stay at 77? No. Is he gonna bring kids over? Yes. My biggest thing is not Napier himself. I I don't. I I don't think he's gonna be a bust. I don't think he was the wrong guy. I just feel like this was the wrong approach. We've seen this done before with um, Mullen. I feel like it's happening again. And I, I don't think the University of Florida is aggressive enough on going after coaches that are gonna be super impactful right away. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's great. I'm 100% all in on him. I do think he's going to be a great recruiter, and I think he's going to bring So how about this? Right? Let's go back to Dan Mullen because he wasn't their first choice. Let's go to Chip Kelly. Yeah. McElwain gets fired. We got Chip Kelly. Yeah. We're going to Chip Kelly. I mean, they're flying him to Ocala. Yeah. You know, private jets, everything. It's happening. Right. And what does he do? He leaves you in the altar. Right. Right. No fault of UF or anything. They were going to give him everything he wanted. Right. But he's like, you know what? No. Right. I, I don't want this. And now time is ticking. Right. You got Scott Frost, who was going to be the next guy. Right. He's already gone. Right. He's saying no. So now you're ticking. You're like, what's happening there? You know, Dan Mullen was about to go to Tennessee. 
And, right. and um, they're like, no, don't go there. I, I got, you know, come over here. So they were going down the list of this. So right. they, to Strickland's credit, and the jury will be out on this, he, he went for the big guy, right? And got left and got shunned. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Last last time. So let's go to this coaching hire. Right. Which, I'll, I'll, before I go into that, let's preface, ADs get two coaching hires in their whole term. Yes. That's it, right? Because yeah. let's say it's three, a coach stays three or four years, four, you know, three to five years, a coach is going to stay, right? They right. get fired, you get another one. So your second hire as a AD is basically make or break, this is going to either save your job or not. Right, that's right. Um, because by that point, it'll be 10 years that you're there and the school's either doing well or not. Right. right? You've either done a good job. So, you went after a high-profile guy. You thought you had him this. Nothing. So, let's say they go after Lincoln Riley, right? right. And they're saying, like, hey, we're going to give you this, that. He's flirting with them. He's saying this is good. We got you. We got you. Right? They're kind of talking to the other people, Bill and Napier, just backup choices, making sure, you know, all this stuff. And then USC goes, $100 million. You're like, well... I mean, I don't know if we're going to match that, right? Right, like, right. I'm not prepared for that. Boom, he's off the table. Right. Then you go Brian Kelly or somebody, and then they bump up the table, and then the other coaches, Dominoes, have already gone somewhere else, and now you're really struggling to find a coach. Right. Because there's only a couple of coaches that were really, you know, the good ones that, that checked everything. I mean, did you want Mario Cristobal? No. Why? Did you see him against Utah? He he's another Mullen or a, I, or a look. Zook. I'm not saying I want him over Napier. Too. I'm not saying right. that. But you, I mean, that's not like a bad, like. I think it, I mean it is. Bad hire. He, he was fired as a head coach before, assistant forever, known as a good recruiter, and then as a head coach, like can't do anything successful at Oregon when you have all the resources in the world. They thought this year was gonna do good. And if you saw his games, his quarterback was horrible. Yeah. And that was his quarterback in year four. Right. Right. Know. So like, why are you, you know? We we, we went why, through that this year with we, you. We we already know. went went through that. Okay. So, a little bit is you got to hedge everything and say, you got to move quick. If we go after this big guy and he doesn't accept because we know at some point we're not gonna do that. You know, we're not gonna go all out and sell out then I need to go after the guy that checks all the boxes. I think he's great. It may may or may not work out, but here it is, right? So he fits in the budget. He, You're going to give him everything he needs. I don't do that. like that argument, though, the fits in the budget argument. That is, like, no. Anybody... It, <laughs> and granted, we're spending, Florida's spending a lot more money Right than they had before. Well, correct. That's right. Why it's so not they're like giving him seven. Skipping. He's got seven and a half million dollars for assistance. Yes. And another five million for off the field. Well, I recruit. do appreciate the fact that they're spending money outside of just the head coach. That's what's needed is the actual support. That's where the buy-in is, which I think is great. But look, look. The, the slow to hire, quick to fire thing rings true again in every organization. I just feel like it was rushed is all I'm saying. 
I, do I think it's wrong? No. Do I like him? Yes. Um, but just because you were successful at Louisiana does not mean you're going to be successful at the University of Florida. It, it does not, right? So his, yeah. his biggest drawback, right, is for me – he hasn't been a coach at a power head coach at a power five school. Right. 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 But he does have a lot of differences from McElwain in Muschamp. Right. Well, Where he is, from what I read, number one, I, I think he's he, very he's organized. He's, I feel like he's McElwain. No, I, I think there is not one person that I've read about, interviews about, or anything that this guy is a stand up guy. And nobody has anything bad to say about him. And I'm talking coaches, players, and everything, right? Like, nobody's like, yeah, he's just not my type, doesn't rub me wrong, right? Like, no, he is great. Like, I wish him luck. I may even go over there with him or that, right? Like, you could say that about McElwain. They're like, this guy's kind of quirky, whatever, but he's been successful and he knows that, right? Right. You say the same thing about Mullen, right? You either love him or hate him. He's arrogant. And that a lot of I mean UF right. fans didn't like him, but they knew he'd been there before. He was successful. If you ever read Urban's way, right? That I mean Urban said he hated him at first. Tebow yeah. said I mean Urban said they almost lost Tebow because of Dan Mullen. Tebow didn't want to play with Dan Mullen. Yeah. To the credit of all of that, um, they've all reconciled, and <laughs> obviously they were great friends. Mullen was in Tebow's wedding, right? And all that, right. and all that, right? But you know, these people, some they're kind of like they rub you the wrong way. Nobody said anything bad about him. So I think from a recruiting standpoint, right, he's got relationships and and is well respected among people that he wouldn't be able to land a big time coach, assistance coach like he's doing if they didn't respect him. Right, For he, sure. he's landing big assistants, like really good assistants, um, because of his reputation. Yeah. I don't think McElwain and these others, it was and Mullen were more of, do they fit my type? Like Mullen just brought his whole staff with him, right? right? The right. same he people did. he's That's been, right. um, Billy Gonzalez, Hevesy, all the, all the O line wide receivers coach Grantham. He just said, I've been with you guys forever. I trust you. I like you. This is we're going right. McElwain right. did the same thing. Yeah. This guy, yes, is he bringing a couple of you from Lafayette? Got it. But he is getting people from other schools to say, come here. So oh, when man. that when that happens, it, it speaks. So if he's able to do that with coaches, right? Imagine what he can do with kids. Look, so, I'm excited. So, so I, I, I like that. I like how organized he is, so forth. Now, is it going to train? Is he a good coach? Is the offense going to be flying around? I have no idea. Right. Right. But I think he's going to be, whether he's the lifer or he's a transitional coach where we are, right? He's going to be the right guy for a transition to set the program up for the next guy. All I want is six years. I, I want the urban effect. That That's all oh, I cool. want. Everybody does. I just want just come in when I don't need somebody for long term. I mean, even when you look at Spurrier, Spurrier was only there, what, 10 years? I shouldn't say only. But yeah, 1990 to 2001, 11 years. Okay, so 11 years. I mean, but you, 
I guess Spurrier gives off the impression that he was at UF forever, right? Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, I, 11 years is a long time, don't get me wrong, for a football program. But, like, you know, I, it wasn't like a Joe Paterno or even a Saban. That, like, I, I don't know. I just I want somebody to come in, let's crush it for a couple years, put the program in a good spot, and move on and let's rock and roll so in a business or in anything or even relationships if you break up with somebody you want somebody the opposite of of what you had before right if you're working with somebody you want and they said hey they're they're too mean right this guy's a jerk let's get somebody who's nicer sure and that you you want you always go for the opposite of it right Dan Mullen didn't really care too much about recruiting, right? The recruiting right. was subpar for UF standards with as much yes. as he had access to for that. Correct. So you want a correction. Right. So this guy is going to recruit and be very well. Is he going to be a good X's and O's guy? And we'll see. I, I don't know, right? Right. right? But you could argue that is Kirby Smart a good coach? I no, don't know, no. right? But he's the getting he, no. he's getting great recruits, right? Right, and and being able that and being able to have success. So I think if anything, right, I'm I'm skeptical on what's going to happen with play calling and whether we're going to be talking about next year. Like, can we believe this guy? Like, our offense just looks dead, or the defense, you know, it's just so unimaginative. The offense, right? It could happen, but I think he will at least load up with very good potential and good recruits and players so that it could be a Ron Zook where the next coach comes in and it's boom. Right. Right. Lightning in a bottle. Well, so that, that's, that. that's how I'm viewing this, right? Is that I hope it works out. I hope that in year three, Year two or three, we're like, man, we're contending for the SEC again. We're in the SEC championship. We're winning it. Right. Right? Or we say, well, you know what? We've got so many good players, but we just we can't win those games or can't do anything. Bring in the new coach because you know his organization skills from what we hear is amazing. He's a great recruiter getting all this stuff. Hey, we just need a coach to get us over the edge. I just want to win. I just want to win. I don't want somebody to come in and set us up for the next guy. I want to win now. Yeah. But I think you're. we have to take a step back as UF fans and say the UF job, the school, is not on the level of those other schools now of putting I disagree that with that. I, I disagree with that. I, I think when you put it on the same like page as LSU – and Oklahoma, those, I mean, I, I absolutely 100% feel it is on the same level, if not above it. See, all yeah. those schools spend a lot more money on recruiting and other things and other and, and budgets for football programs than, oh. than UF did. Okay, but my counter to that is they have to because they're in Oklahoma and they're in Baton Rouge. I mean, you when you're in Florida, in the middle of Florida, you could literally, if they said you're not allowed to recruit outside of Florida, you got to take cars everywhere to go recruit. 
you still, in theory, in theory, should be as successful. Right, but because you have, of your facilities but, and but those facilities ma- matter to high school kids now, right? I, that's we what were losing. We, we were losing. Now. No, well, now, no. but we didn't. Right? I, I know, if you but go that's back, my point. My point is now, as a job, as a now that we have the facilities, you're in Florida. I mean, I, I disagree. Now, I can't say. I'm not going to sit here and say, is it as cool of a job as USC? No. No, I'm not going to say. When you can go live in L.A. and, you know, be in that environment, probably not. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, I mean, I, I don't know. Even Miami to an extent. I, I don't know. But, yeah, Oklahoma, LSU, absolutely. I, I think it's a better gig. I do. I do. I think if you're a grown man with a family and like but these aren't it, grown men that they're trying to get. I mean, these are no, I know, I know. But I'm saying, as somebody with with a a family and a life, my my point is, would you rather go live in Gainesville or in Baton Rouge or in Norman, Oklahoma, um, and have access to five star recruits all over the place? You want to go where they're going to pay you a lot of money, and you can have access to those things. I, but I, I think you have access. The access is there. Are they going to spend as much money at UF as they will at LSU? Maybe not. But how how much more? I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a ten million dollar difference that we're talking. No, but those small things are why. I think other coaches were struggling, and if you go, I think. Or is it if you go, if you go if you go back to Spurrier, right? It's almost like Spur back in the '90s, and that Spurrier was signing all these great people and saying, "Hey, we don't need them. We'll win without you and everything." Right? And said, "We're in Florida. You don't need these nice facilities or any of that stuff." And got it. And then the game kind of started changing, and all these schools started spending a lot of money on stuff because these all the kids were materialistic and. Wanted sure. the cool jerseys, right? right? They wanted this cool stuff and everything. It's the and even effect. Right. And and even Urban was fighting with administration of like, I want I need more money for this, XYZ. Right. right? McElwain was arguing with the administration yep. about wanting more stuff and saying, I need a commitment from the entire organization. He goes, Look at Alabama, how much money they're spending on this, right? And Scott Strickland was brought in to raise money Correct. and, and, and get them up to there but that's a we're talking a 10-year gap right like urban's there in 2005 now we're in 2021 yeah and we're just now getting like we just got in 2017 an indoor facility yeah in florida like that's insane yeah right for for a school that's that big and successful in that and we were still you know powerful so i think just the money was not being poured into that like the other schools for sure right and and, and coaches and coaches coaches take notice of that right and they want to know is the admin if i say more money is the administration gonna say you have an open checkbook and i think for years you have said no Uh, you don't have an open checkbook for it go figure it out totally you're you're in florida you should deserve you know you, you should be successful Regardless, so they're going to go somewhere else. So I think, I just think that that's where we are going forward. I I think we have a better chance of of getting some of those, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, 
I agree. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm optimistic. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, I, I feel like I've seen this happen three times in a row now, and I just want to be cautiously optimistic is where I am right now. So the article, you know, that talked about all the stats of year three, you got to win the SC championship game. And the, the transition, the second class, which is called the bump class, right, right, needs to be two or three in the conference for recruiting. Yes. Right? You have to be two or three recruiting. So they argued that all the relationships for, you know, your class basically will be set by August or September, before the first, Billy Napier's first game as a coach. Right. Right? Um, if we start getting a lot of recruits, so just watch, right? I guess I'll be... I'll be watching as well. If next year's class, right, if we're before the kickoff in September, if we have a class that's top five, right, in number two or three in the SEC, then I'll know we should be set up for success. Right. right? Because every other coach has had that. Um, that's won an SEC championship. So those are the kind of things to look at, right? And that, that's I'll, – I'll tell you before September – and I'll look at our recruiting class, and if that is the case, then I'll say yes. If not, then I'll say, you know what, we might as well just if, spend more money. If he's not in a top two recruiting class next year, we made the wrong hire. Top uh, two in the nation? No, 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 in the SEC. Which, uh, which, I mean, you think about it, right? It's Alabama, Georgia, or an A&M's doing great now. Right. If he is this not a year. top two recruiting class in the SEC, we made the wrong hire next year. I, because you, th- yeah. that is why he was hired. Yep. Is for uh, 100% the sole reason was for recruiting. So that's your thing. It, so I, I, you, to your point, I totally agree. After one year, you'll be able to know if he's the guy or not. Not two, yep. not three, one. If he's got those recruits there then it's going to come down to there should not be a reason why we're not in Atlanta. Agreed. And we're going to go to Atlanta year two for the SEC championship game. Let's go. Right? Can we just make that? Let's just do it. Let's, let's just make it. that deal. Book it. Right? Let's book the hotels and say Billy Napier. Well, we'll look in August, right? We'll, we'll look at before kickoff. Right. We're going to see pull up. Our recruiting class. Okay. Right? If we're number two, okay. top two in the conference, we're booking our tickets booking to Atlanta. It. All right. Let's do it. I love and it. And that's the pack. If not, then pack the bags. You know, we'll, we'll enjoy it. We'll be way. fans and, and see what we got to do. But um, 100% we go to Atlanta in 2023. December 2023. All right. I'm in. We're going to pod on the way up there and talk about Billy Napier. Let's do it. I'm in. Here we go. Perfect. (laughs) See you guys there. All right. Little little punk rock music. Good Charlotte after that um, football conversation. Good Charlotte just never ceases to amaze. Yeah. I mean... 
Throwing it back. It, it's a throwback, all right. I like it. I like the blood it. flowing. All right, so we're going to, this is going to be a very gator themed um, podcast tonight. So we go from one coach to another coach. Yeah. Uh, Mike White and basketball, right? So men's basketball team is uh, six and two. Yeah, that's right. Six and two. Um, started off hot, Kyle. I mean, they yeah. um, they beat FSU, which was at the time ranked uh, 15 or 16, something like that. Yeah, some, somewhere um, around there. Then during Thanksgiving, great game against Ohio State that they beat Ohio State, um, played them real close, and uh, actually won in the buzzer. A wild game. Wild game. Um, wild. Which, one, I thought that they weren't going to – I mean, they were playing tough, but – uh, second half, they never really had the lead, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, they came back, showed a lot of grit. I'm like, man, this is this team's playing hard, right? Yeah. They beat Cal, I think, as well. Yeah. So Cal. they, and I think I sent a text uh, to our group. They've beat a Pac-12 team, they've beat a Big Ten team, they beat an ACC team, and they were playing uh, Oklahoma. They, they were playing Oklahoma. Had the chance to beat a Big 12 team. Still do, actually. They play Oklahoma State later in the year. So they get a, a chance to beat a team yeah. out of every uh, Power 5 conference. Yeah. So they lost to Oklahoma. Um, Which is not a bad loss on the road, to be clear. Yeah. It was the first, like, real... I guess the, the Ohio State game and everything, that was neutral field. So yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Um, they lost to Oklahoma, which in college basketball, it's hard to consistently win on the road. Yeah, you, you know, you're not going to win all your games. Um, you're, you're not going to go into and that. And actually, what was interesting, too, was before the Oklahoma game, um, Ohio State had played uh, Villanova, who was the number one team in the nation. Uh, Duke. No, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, excuse me. Gonzaga, Gonzaga who was number one team in the nation and beat them. Correct. Um, as well. So you were thinking, hey, Gators looking pretty good. Oklahoma loss. Okay, you know, whatever. Loss. And then this week happened, Kyle. Yeah, it's been a rough week. Monday, right? Was it Monday? It was Monday. Monday, 6 o'clock. Um, Early game at home. At home. Texas and 7. It was a... It wasn't even tele. I mean, it was a SEC plus, right? You had to have the ESPN plus. ESPN plus. To to watch it. Um, I was I was doing bath time with my son because I'm like, man, this is like not a game I need to watch. Right. I look, and they're down at halftime to Texas Southern, 0 and 17, and they lost. They lost to 0 and 17. Texas Southern was 0 and 7. It had not won a game. I mean, and not only lost, they got beat down. Like, it wasn't close. Never, never close. Um, they had 40-something rebounds, Texas Southern did. I mean, it was yeah. just it was just bad. They weren't making any shots. Just Yeah. Just just horrible. And, you know, I like to watch – I like to support other uh, sports podcasts or sports um, reporters. So I, I like to watch a little PTI, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. UF was on PTI for how embarrassed they should be. Versus, they played Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilma played the word game, and they said, "How should Florida Field feel after losing to 0 and 7 Texas Southern?" Um, you know, and they were saying ashamed of that. They, it was national news. Yeah. Right. National news for that. Right. Um, they came back Wednesday and beat UNF. 
looked great and everything. But what did that tell you about the team when they lost to an 0-7 Georgia Southern? What, what, what did that tell you? So I, I'm going to I'm gonna give you my raw feelings on this. They go 6-0. and They beat Florida State, which we hadn't beaten six seven years. years. Seven years. Uh, Mike White hadn't beaten them. Anytime you beat Florida State, it's great. Not because it's Florida State, but because Leonard Hamilton's a hell of a coach. They've been, they've they, been on a roll for a while. They've been on a roll. They always have phenomenal Elite eight athletes. Team, I think. Yeah. yeah. They're super long, super athletic. Like, they are a good basketball team. That's a really, really good win. The Ohio State game was awesome. For those who missed out on it, it was uber intense. It was one of the best games that I've watched in years and years and years, and I truly mean that. Just back and forth, it was awesome. Um, Been to a game, you see them in person. They're the most athletic team I think I've ever watched, for the Gators, that is. Okay. But by far the most athletic. Everybody on the team, well, I shouldn't say everybody. Let me... Let me rephrase that. Uh, Jatobo, our 260-pound, 80-pound, I don't know, 300-pound. Yeah. yeah, he's 300 he pounds. He, 300 he's, pounds. Not a, he's not athletic. But my my point is, uh, everybody on there other than Jatobo, great athlete, very skilled, a uh, lot of fun to watch. I love watching this team play. It's great, a lot of fun. I want them to do well. Our problem which I've said from the beginning, is we're going to go on nights, we're going to go on little spurts where we cannot score. We can't figure it out. We don't have a go-to score. Castleton is by far our most skilled, our best player. But for such a skilled player, I've never seen somebody miss so many freaking layups as much as he does. Oh, my God. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, and I'm talking literal layups. Just turn around. He's good for two or three a game, minimum, where he just, I, I, I don't, it's, I, I can't explain it. I don't know how he does it. But with that being said, he's still the best player on our team. Point is, a ton of fun to watch. We go, we lose to Oklahoma, whatever. Not that big of a deal. You're going to lose games. It's a good team. Fine. Texas Southern, though, what happened? I, I, I feel like somebody cheated on somebody's girlfriend. <laughs> Like, with, with another player or something happened. Like, they just, they weren't into it. And there's going to be, you play 30 games in a year, right? Minimum. You're going to have off games. And I get that. And it's an earlier game. It's a Monday. They're coming off a bad loss. Like, maybe they just weren't really into it. it their schedule's off, whatever. But even still, what the hell? Like, how does that happen? I don't get it. It's as bad as um, Florida losing to Georgia Southern or, you know, That's exactly back, back what in it's football like. or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, or almost losing to Sanford uh, this year. Correct. Right? Like, do you have a hangover game? Yes. Right? Like, everybody's got one. It, it's hard to, mo- to keep 18 to 20 year old kids motivated and consistently, yeah. you know, playing hard. Um, as Nick Saban says, a rat poison. That's right. All of that, right? right? I mean, he does a great job with that, but you're going to have the hangover games. But at some point in those games, especially against 0-17, teams that you're paying to play. Correct. You're paying them, right? 
None of those guys got offers to UF. No. None of them, right? None no. of them can sniff sniff any of that. Um, or any Power 5 school, correct. for that matter. And what usually happens is you're down, and then they say, hey, guys, we got to wake up. We got to turn it on. They go on a run, and they win the game. Correct. Right? Maybe it's a squeaker, right? And you're right. like, man, what happened? But you win. You win those games. Right. This, nobody turned it on. Nobody. It no. was just flat-out beat down. And those are the ones that scare you of kind of like Dan Mullins, like, against South like South Carolina game. They just quit. The team just quit, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I don't think they quit because they were playing hard, but I'm like, does Mike White not bench his players? Right? In basketball, you can bench the starters. If they're not playing well or you see something wrong, you're like, we got to mix it up. Yeah. And he's just sticking with them. Yeah. And saying, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. And you can't let that happen for, what, 48, is it 40 minutes? 40 in, minutes. 40 minutes in Yeah. In a basketball game. What concerned me even more was the next game against UNF. They're playing hard. They're, I mean, a lot of intensity. They're playing tough. They got it corrected. But Mike White is high-fiving some of the players after a block in the first half in a UNF game. Right. Right. Come on. Talk I, about Gator standard, right? You're talking about wanting more from your team and stuff. Like, yeah. You're, he's. It reminds me of, which we didn't talk about, when Mullen, after the game against Sanford, there was videos of him hyping everybody up in the locker room. Yes. And being excited. Yes. For beating Sanford and winning the game to Correct. make everybody happy. Right, by a it, touchdown. By a touchdown. It was shades of that. And, yes, you players who have played D1 sports, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't played a D1 sport. Um, they'll say, they'll argue and say, you don't know how hard it is to win, right? You don't know all the work and everything that we put in. We're sure. going to celebrate no matter what. Right. Got it. Right? I, I get that point. But there's a difference in celebrating like celebrating one way and I don't know. I guess it's a slippery slope when you start celebrating those small those things like that. Um, yeah, that's like being given culture. goals at the beginning of the year for your job and on the last day of the year you like sneak in and meet your goals so you don't get fired and then going out and like partying because you you met your goals that's not that's not a thing my thing with the basketball team is after i whatever game i went to it doesn't really matter but you know we watched it and i'm like and and i'm talking with the guys around me i'm like the only way we're going to lose is if like a team comes out and beats us truly Mm -hmm. beats us right like we're going to play our butts off we're going to play hard so much fun to watch and then the texas southern thing happens and you think what what just happened here? And it goes back to I, the consistency it, that we talked about it, with Mike White last year does. and everything. Right? It does. That, and, you know, my thing with Mike White is he has proven that it doesn't matter what players he gets in, he cannot develop them and they cannot become legitimate stars, right? 
That's mm-hmm. that's the issue with Mike White. This year he gets seven transfers. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, seven transfers. So he's bringing in grown men, experienced players, D1 players, experienced Power Five players. These guys know what they're doing. This is not new. You do not have to teach them a system. You don't need to teach them how to win against good teams. It is done. It's already built in. You just have to just play together, right? Yeah. Just go. That's all you got to do. Go out and play together. And that makes me doubt that he can even do that. But I, I think really what it comes down to, the biggest thing is there's not a go-to guy. Like, when things get bad, there is not a go-to guy. Yep. Castleton's not that guy. He's a big, slow, white center. I can say that as a white man, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it, I mean, he's just, you know, that's just the reality of it. He's our best player, but, you know, that's that's what he is. We don't have a creator. We don't We don't have somebody who can go in and just, Put the team on their back and say, "All right, let's rock and roll." Um, and they never had that in the Mike White era. Not in the Mike White era. That's that's right. They they have not, and they need that. They need they have players that I feel like could could get to that point, but we don't. We're we're just not there yet. So I think some of the positives, right? I will say some of the positives are. Um, their defense is a lot better than I've seen in oh, a lot of years, right? Best they're, defense. They're, they're definitely tough. Um, play really good defense on it. So I, I think from a defensive standpoint, that's great, and that's going to keep them in games. Right. Right. Um, for a while. But the whole issue with Mike White on offense has previous years they haven't had a good defense and they've struggled on offense because there wasn't a playmaker. Right. And as they got, they could shoot threes. They're they're fast and aggressive, you know, and can run down the court, up and down the court. But if some nights the ball doesn't go in and you're having a bad shooting night, what are you going to do for offense, right. Right? right? And that's what happens once you get into SEC play yeah. and once you get into the tournament. Right. Right. As the competition goes up, they're playing good defense. They got big guys. They got tall guys. And if you're not on, if you're not shooting, then you're you're done, right? Because nobody else can create. Right. And um, put that with a bad defense, it's just not a good thing. This right. year, I would say, yeah, they're probably going to be able to compete with good teams because of good defense. For sure. Um, and, and be with it. If they're hot. Man, line them up, right? They, they, they've got a high ceiling with right. it. But what's going to happen when you, I think we saw when you get punched in the mouth <laughs> yep. like that, what is going to happen um, in SEC play and later on if they make it to the tournament, which I think they absolutely should, if they don't fire Mike White immediately. Oh, they, they're going to make right. it to the tournament. But, but I think the Ohio State game, was I came away from that, even if we would have lost that game at the end, I came away from that game knowing, like, this team's going to freaking battle. Like, yeah. they, they are going to... Yeah. I mean, they they play so hard. They just... They've got to find a go-to guy that's going to get them a bucket when they need it. Like, when it matters. Not not at the end of the game. Yeah. Not, but, you know, like... 
Hey, we haven't scored eight, eight in, minutes we haven't left. scored in yeah. three minutes. We, there's been a four-minute dry spell. There's eight minutes left in the game. We're down by eight. Like, we just need a freaking bucket. Yeah. Like, we can get a stop. I'm not worried about that. But that's my concern. That's it. And, you know, I is that coaching? I don't know. Maybe not. But Well, it has you, to be, yeah. right? You have to design you gotta an figure offense out. I, yeah, I, that – that does that. If that's the the weak spot, right? You're in year five, six. Of white? Yeah. Oh, at least six. He might be seven. Yeah. Uh, that um. You gotta have that. Yeah. So. I'm just. I don't know. Am I asking too much of myself of having, a you know, a better coach at UF for basketball? You know, are, are we just doomed to purgatory of just mediocre coaches in, in basketball because, you know, you're not going to get Billy Donovan again? Well, you're never going to um, recreate Billy. And I'm not I, – I, I, that's unfair to ask for Billy. I'm not saying that. But I, I do think it's fair to have a coach that can develop players like – College basketball has changed drastically with transfers and it's it's a weird system in general. You got to be able to develop players. You can't do it. You can get good players there. Let's just let's make it work. Let's be consistently good, right? Do you have to win a national championship every year? No. Do you have to win the SEC every year? No. Just be consistent. You don't. Yeah. yeah nobody cares about winning the SEC in basketball. Right each year like no. just can you make a run so I don't know I, I don't have my hopes up of that Mike White found the secret recipe yeah all of a sudden and then this team you know is going to flourish I do see a lot of good things about them um, that I haven't seen in previous years but time I'm will tell time I, will tell I'm excited I'm feeling way more positive about this basketball season than I am about the next two years in football. Wow. I, I, I'm telling you. Was it the I, Troy game that you went to? Troy, that's who I went to. No, it, it was the Ohio State game. The Ohio State game sold me. No, I'm not that you went. You said oh, yeah, you went yeah. To yeah, I'm sorry. Team. Yes, the Troy game I went to. You saw him in person. And I'll go to at least one more. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully more than that, but... Um, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I they're a fun team to watch, really fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a good season. Ba- Basketball is always fun. You get two games a week at least. Yeah. Right. Two hours in and out. Yeah, it's great. Right. It's always good. on the radio. It's always on TV. Like yeah. you, you're always gonna, uh, for me at least, like I'm gonna catch every single game. Yeah. It. Nothing more like in January, February, January through April, right? Nice little Saturday in Florida. Yeah. Do a couple things, run an errand, spend some time with family, and you can either do a noon, you know, a noon game or a seven o'clock game. Pop right. on the TV. Yeah. Watch for a couple hours and. Yeah. Yeah. Go about a, your business. Yeah, exactly. Have a drink, enjoy yourself, watch them play hard. We got a lot off our chest today. We did.
Sticking with the punk rock here on the JK Sports Podcast. We're laying it on thick tonight. Laying it in from your 2000 now that now hits CD. <laughs> but how good, good is it? It's good. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. It's so good. All right, so we'll do a little lightning round here. Um, we're going to kick it off with uh, some golf talk, right? Let's Golf's back on. Season started. Yep. It's about to heat up. Um, Tiger Woods is back into the, the He's back, scene. baby. He's back. He's playing in the PNC. How good does that make you feel? It does. Uh, it it to warms see him my heart. Balls. Yeah. Now, he he said he's nowhere near playing competitive golf again. And that's fair. Um, anything. But him and Charlie, man, he's gonna tee it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great. Um, Tiger's good for golf. Yeah, what better way to get back into it than playing with your son in a 36-hole, two-day event? And I think they can ride carts, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't even think they walk the whole thing. Um, It's so awesome. Seeing him, why, what is it that gets you so jazzed up about just watching him play golf? It's the aura, right? It's expecting that you know he has greatness and at any moment it could happen god he is so awesome i love everything about him love him i mean just so, so i'm at a i'm at a work lunch right yep. I, i'm literally i'm at work with the you know somebody who probably could not care less about golf and yep. like it's coming on the tv that he's playing and i i don't even remember what we were talking about at lunch, it, it's irrelevant because all I could focus on was watching Tiger walk down the fairway or hit shots on the range or whatever. <laughs> and it was so I couldn't hear what's going on. Doesn't matter, but I cannot take my eyes off the telly tube. It's amazing. The telly tube, yeah. Telly tube, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm excited. I'm ready. Like I said, golf season for me doesn't start until the um, Waste Invitational in Arizona. Yeah, but come on, man. Um, Hawaii's in a couple weekend. weeks, right? It's exciting. Yeah. Let's go off. No, I'm with you, though. I, I agree. Waste management is the unofficial start of golf season, no doubt. But that'll be good. So, All right, Kyle. So um, my lightning round question for you is plain and simple. Playoffs for college football. Let's go. Who's going to win? Uh, you know... I really, really find it hard to bet against Bama. They have the best player in the country. They have the best coach in the country. They're just consistently awesome. It pains me to say it, but why would you pick against Alabama? I don't... Look, do you trust Kirby in big games? No. He may beat Michigan. He might. He probably will. He's not going to beat Bama. again. He's not going to beat Michigan and Bama back-to-back. Because Alabama is definitely not losing to Cincinnati. There's not a shot. I don't know what the spread is, but if I bet money on games, I'm betting it on Bama. Yeah, I think what scares me is the injuries for Bama, right? The Jameson Williams, I think he's hurt. Right. Um, Now their starting quarterback is hurt, and Alabama has looked vulnerable. Um are they going to drink the rat poison right going into the championship game? 
Um, I think it's going to be Georgia, Alabama. I, I, I want Georgia to lose so bad, but you know, it's tough to beat a team twice like that good. Um, and Georgia's going to be so jacked up for it. Um, whether that matters, I don't, I don't know. Right. Cause Bryce Young is really good and Georgia's weakness is corners. Right. <laughs> right. They, I think that you saw that the SEC East, like, can we just talk about how bad it was this year? It was for the taking. Like, Florida finished, like, last in the SEC East, I think. Um, No, No, not not Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt Vanderbilt did, right? But, I mean, if Dan Mullen, if there's every year, right, like, yeah, because you had you, another year. People I, were talking about Kentucky being Kentucky a, was a fraud, a legit team. Kentucky they was were a fraud. Not, they were South not. Carolina, horrible, terrible. Right, that, that's what I'm saying. Missouri I was horrible. We we made it like Tennessee. We played it off like yeah, it's Tennessee. Tennessee got in a roll, but then you, you saw them play against other teams. You're like, Ooh. I know. And then towards the end, they kind of faltered, and it's like, wait a minute, I, I Dan, think, what happened? I I would. Look, I, I don't want Georgia to be, and, and I don't like Michigan. I, I just, I don't like Michigan. I want Michigan to beat Georgia, and I typically root for SEC teams. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I know Alabama's going to beat Cincinnati. I don't want to see Alabama Georgia again. I don't, and I, and I don't want Georgia to be the SEC team winning it. Yeah, I do think that Michigan has a better chance than people may think to beat Alabama. Um, Part of me says, is this Harbaugh's year, you know? Is it is this it? He's had good competition, you know, he's played good teams. Um, who knows? But I'd like to see Michigan. Oh, um gross. Alabama, Michigan in the championship game. I, I gotta be honest with you, if I'm rooting for anything at this point, it's for Cincinnati just because it'd be total and utter chaos. Yeah. I I I don't Think they're, I, I think they'll lose by 30 against Bama. But I don't know. Let, let's just hope for the best, I guess. Okay. I just want entertaining games. You know? I got you. Um, my question for you, Juan, very simple. I'm going to go back to golf. Uh, last weekend, Tiger hosted a tournament in the Bahamas. I think there's only 18 players that go, something like that. Yeah. Very, very small field. Um, anyway, Henrik Stinson, Jordan Spieth playing last day. Uh, teeing off a number... I don't know, 17? It doesn't really matter. But uh, instead of teeing off from the correct tee box, they teed off from the incorrect tee box. So if they were playing 17, let's just say for argument's sake, they teed off from the number four tee box. Played from the wrong tee box. How does that happen, and have you ever come close to doing that? I have, but... Not in a tournament, and not in somewhere where I had. Well, no, I, I guess I played from the wrong tee on the same hole. No, 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 not like, but, but, not but like I, from the blues and whites. Yes, correct. Like you, no, 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 no. The the wrong holes. Yeah. Tees. And no, absolutely not. And not in a tournament where this is your third, fourth day playing. Fourth day, and they did it too in their defense. Question mark? They they had played from the same area three days in a row, but there's a ton of people out there. 
Correct. Like, how how does nobody say, hey, bro, you're on the wrong tee box? So, number one, how do the caddies not say anything? It, nobody. Right? That's what, that's what the point. caddies don't say nobody. anything. And then how do the um, – not the officials, the, the – you know the volunteers the volunteers anybody, right anybody your job is to stay there on on the tee box and say hey quiet everybody no you're not saying anything either that's right that really blows my mind like it, I, I can't yeah i don't it, understand how that happened the interview afterward jordan's which is fantastic by the because they both are laughing about it it's it's great it's it's a fantastic interview if you haven't watched it but in the interview, Jordan Spieth admits to he teed up prior to Henrik Stinson, and Michael, his caddy, said, hey, it's uh, Henrik's tee, or vice versa, or whatever it was. Yeah. So they were messing that up, and then one of them teed the ball in front of the tees and had to move it back. Like It was a train wreck. After all of this, they were still in the wrong tee box. They, but, and, and they can't drink. I mean, they must have been drinking or something. Well, they were the they were both in last place or whatever, so they were the first group off. So they didn't care. They were just trying to get around. They're getting paid anyway, right? They they're just let's just finish. Let's finish eighteen. Let's go to Atlantis. Let's play some blackjack. Let's have. Well, some Jordan's beers. a new new dad. You know, he just had exactly. A, he just That's had a baby. exactly why he wants to go to the casino and have a drink, right? Yeah. He's first a new time dad. out as a dad. Oh man, let's go. Golf. Let's go. Yeah. That's that's insane. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how that happens professionally baffled. with all those people there. Baffled. Absolutely baffled. I need more answers. I, I'm, I'm more upset at everybody else except... I'm not mad at the players. I'm Agreed. more upset at the other 20 people there. Yeah, I, totally, I could not agree more with you. How does nobody say anything else? It does make me feel like... They're just like us. They're just out there, whatever. They don't care at that point. Just like we do. We get the 17 T and we're like, oh my God, just get me off. Just get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, good for them. It's, uh, what's the penalty for that? Is it two Two, strokes? Two stroke. Two stroker. Uh, Two stroker. Tough, tough break for them. Tough break, but you know, they'll live. They'll be okay. I'm sure their paycheck was nice. Uh, I think they did okay. Yeah. All right. So that's all the time we got. You know, we'll um, we'll try to be a little bit sooner since um, a little closer this time in the podcast than what we did last time. It's okay. We had a lot to get off our chest. Yeah. Till next time, though. Till next time. Bring us home, Kyle. I will. Do my best.